0: Greetings, all. It is I, The Theosaurus Rex, and I'm back. The Theosaurus Rex. It's been a little bit since I last was able to um, hang out with y'all and talk to y'all about stuff. And I know I talked about um, last time how things, about questions we have, like why do things keep happening the way they are? I've been waiting for answers and I don't have any because things have just gotten worse in many ways. Some ways it's better. It's all good. I'm still finding out the questions. And I know that that there's something really cool and like poetic and almost like romantic in a way about still not having any questions and that those questions being part of about like what it means to be a Christian and whatnot. But then it's also like guys, I I should have some sort of questions or answers or something. And wouldn't it just be awesome if, if I actually knew what was going on with some stuff? So I went looking. I'm searching, trying to find the answers. And I was um, looking around and, like, doing my personal time for Bible studies and talking with other people and just listening to music and things and kind of find out a little bit about um, what I I needed to do and, like, Maybe there's some answers and stuff, you know, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have said a certain prayer at one point, you know, just like the whole thing about how you don't ask God for patience because he just gives you opportunities to be patient. It's a terrible thing. Um, I don't know. But as I was going around, um, my dad was listening to some old music and it got me thinking about some stuff. And then I, I started doing some research and I came across Ecclesiastes 3.1. It goes as follows. Everything has a season and a time for every matter under the heavens. So that's Ecclesiastes 3.1. And that is the Robert Alter translation. If this verse sounds familiar, but you can't quite, you know, put your finger on it, it's because I am using, like I said, Robert Alter's translation. He's the premier U.S. scholar in the Hebrew language and has done his own translation of the entire Hebrew scriptures. Ecclesiastes is an interesting book, and it's one of those that has a lot of wisdom on it, but it isn't really something that's taught on Sunday mornings. And I think it's because of the fact that you have to unpack the book with other scriptures as context to fully appreciate it. In cases like this specific verse, it just seems to acknowledge a fact about life that isn't particularly spiritual. In fact, it was picked up and became a mainstream secular In fact, it actually was picked up and became mainstream in secular culture over 55 years ago. You might be familiar with it. To everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, turn, turn. And a time to every purpose under heaven. That was, and I did not say it like it, I said it a little more exaggerated. "Turn, Turn, turn, turn by the birds. Just like in the song, this passage of scripture is very poetic. Solomon, the writer of the book, hid what we would call today Easter eggs within the poem. After making a declaration about the seasons, Solomon specifically chooses seven verses that outline opposite or opposing things. Being born and dying, weeping, laughing, mourning, dancing, loving, hating, seeking, or accepting that it's lost. And one of the more unique ones, according to Alter, was, quote, A time to embrace and a time to pull back from embracing. See, the hidden Easter egg is the significance of the seven verses in Jewish culture. Seven being a sacred number was something that would have been ingrained into the minds of young children for as long as they could remember. Growing up in a Western culture, we really don't have anything like this to relate to. In movies, it may be like how when a hero's theme starts playing, we know the hero is on his way and we can relax when all is about to be well. But Solomon using the number seven was an assertion that all of these things were ultimately sacred and that he wasn't just being poetic, that there was a purpose for this. When we pair this with the fact that he used extremes across all parts of life, it would have signaled the readers um, or the listeners, really, that this wasn't just about those specific things. When Solomon said in verse 4, there was a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, he was describing all of our possible emotions, the good times and the bad times, emotionally, physically, spiritually. The interesting thing about verse 3-1 is that it almost seems different depending on the translation. In the altar translation, it reads as though Solomon is acknowledging that there are things that are going to happen in life, that there's a season for it, and much like the weather, there's nothing we can do about it. There will be birth, and death, mourning, and dancing, and all we can do is just enjoy it when it's great, and weather the storm when it's bad. Then, there's the good news translation. And that may seem like a weird translation, you've never heard anything about it, or whatever, but my mom was given this after becoming a Christian. It was a little translation. It had these little doodles in it of these people that were doing stuff, and it was really cool. The doodles weren't, like, super detailed, but I just remember reading it as a child and, like, seeing the expressions and really just... It's an interesting translation, and uh, some of the phrasings in those really stuck out to me. So when I'm, like, doing a verse study or something like that, it really... um. I like to look at the Good News Translation. So that, Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, everything that happens in the world happens at a time that God chooses. So while the Altar Translation talks about the events of our life being seasonal with beginnings and ends and things that seem to be inevitable, the Good News Translation talks about how it doesn't matter what happens because everything that happens in the world happens at a time God chooses. It's reassurance that no matter what season that we're in, God is orchestrating things. And to quote Gandalf in The Fellowship of the Ring, that is an encouraging thought. And I could do a whole podcast just on that line from the movie. And I probably will, because I think that's going to have some questions, uh, well, some answers to my questions that may raise more questions, thus meaning that I am perpetually in a state of trying to find questions. But we'll find out and see how that goes. And hopefully it will be sooner than uh, however many years it's been since I last posted. Probably, I think this is my first podcast all year that I'm posting by myself. So it's been, it's great to see. I, maybe I should have included this in the beginning. I don't know. Anyway. So Ecclesiastes 3.1 talks about how There's a season for stuff, or that God ordained everything, and stuff like that. Then, we look at 1 Corinthians 10.13. The temptations in your life are no different than what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. And when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure. Now, if you grew up in church, if you've ever had Sunday school, been to youth group, or a guy who has been in any sort of men's group, you're familiar with this verse. It's almost exclusively used in terms of temptation. And here's why. I think part of it has to do with almost every translation. 28 out of the 31 that I saw use the term temptation. So you notice how there's that little pause there, and I like adding dramatic effect. I don't know, it probably isn't a, it's a terrible thing. What if temptation really isn't the best term? What if we've been missing out on it the entire time? What if, as my, as friend of the show, Bridge Lovat says, what if every, he may not say this exactly, but it reminds me of something that he said, so I'm going to go with it. What if we were really wrong about this all along? Here's why I say this. The Bible that we have is largely translated into our native language from either Hebrew or Greek. And now there is, um, for those of you who didn't go to seminary, whatever the case is, uh, there's something called the Mount's Reverse Interlinear New Testament. Right? And so what this is, is they they take the Greek, they translate it like word for word, and a lot of times there's not a specific word that means exactly what we think it means. Um, or there's like a series of words in the Greek that don't have English translations because they're setting up causes, they're setting up the, um, the tenses and that kind of stuff. So it is the most literal translation that we can get um, in, in Greek into English, or there's a Hebrew-English one. The interlinear translation is really what it's called. Um, and it gives an, an exact English phrasing. The problem is, it's not always readable. So it's really just used for study, And unless you've been to seminary or have a pastor in the family, you probably don't have one lying around the house. So I apologize. However, there are some on the internet, which is always good. Now, 1 Corinthians 10.13 in the Mount says, No trial has overtaken you that is not distinctively human, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tested beyond what you can bear. But with the trial, he will also provide the way through so that you will be able to endure it. And the word that's translated into trial, test, temptation, is the Greek word periissimos, and I don't think I'm saying that right, but I'm just going to go with it. Let's Let's just go, I'm a dinosaur, and I actually, in that case, I probably would have been around during that time. That's not the point. The point is, when used in Scripture, it can mean anything from either a direct temptation to sin, which is why so many translations go with that, being put on trial, or suffering a, quote, trial, calamity, or affliction. And this is so much deeper than just a temptation to sin, which, while true, isn't the complete and total truth. And that's the beauty of the Greek language, is that there's so much, like, you know, uh, what an example is love. We Oh, I love tacos. I love you. I love um, whatever. Well, do I love... Will I love my wife the same way that I love tacos? Probably not. It'll probably be different. I'm not that huge of a fan of tacos to begin with, so I'll probably be a bigger fan. And the point is, there's a lot of different things between the English and the Greek. And a lot of times it means a lot more than it. So that's one of the reasons why the in the linear ones are pretty cool. Um, and so while it could be correct, it may not be totally correct. Or there could be something else that adds to it that makes it good too. So what Paul is telling us in saying and using the term parisimos, if that's the right way, I don't really know how to pronounce it well, is that nothing we go through is ultimately unique. Right? And this can provide comfort in the fact that we know we're not alone. And it also tells us that no matter what trial, calamity, or affliction we face, God will provide us a way to get out so that we can endure. So then, when we take and merge that with Ecclesiastes 3.1, everything has a season and a time for every matter under the heavens. From the altar translation or the good news translation, everything that happens in the world happens at a time God chooses. I think we can agree upon the following truths. Trials, calamities, afflictions, temptations, and everything we go through has a season. Just as they begin in one point, they'll also end at a point. You're not alone in your suffering. Others have and will go through suffering like you at some point. God won't prevent you from going through these seasons, but he will ensure that you can endure them. And one of the ways God does this is by his choosing the time that you have to go through it. And that is an encouraging thought. I'm going to be honest. I don't know why I'm in such a good mood while doing this. I just, I think this this may be part of the, the answers to the, some of the questions. And what's not really answers to questions, it's more of like a, hmm, this kind of makes sense about some things. Anyway, uh, I'm the Theosaurus Rex. If, um, if you like what you're hearing, you definitely got to check out the, um, the other people in the air smudge thing we got jimmy's from jimmy's table jimmy from jim jimmy's jimmy's table jim dang it i missed it again (sighs) hey i was on his show and it was pretty cool uh and then of course you've got bridge lavat and um he does add masterminds he does the wax museum i was just on one of his episodes of the wax museum we talked about just war um we talked about uh politics and and Christianity and stuff like that um, on on my when I was on the Jimmy's table so while I haven't been doing a lot myself I've been doing a lot with some of our other collaborators I've got some pretty cool stuff lined up Um, I'm working to go and talk with um, one of my Twitter buddies who has been um, an awesome encouragement and yet also holding me accountable to a lot of some of the stuff that I say, I want to talk with him and his wife. He had made a comment in one of my, uh, one of my comments, do one of my comments, that um, his denomination has been ordaining women as pastors or whatever since before they had the right to vote. And that got me thinking about one of the fundamental truths of things is that Christianity um, has been on the forefront of women's equality since before. Well, it's for a very long time. Um, And then, of course, uh, then I'm looking to talk with another guy. They have an anti-social justice book coming out. And if you know me, you know I don't like the perverted idea of social justice that has become kind of the mainstream definition about like identitarian politics, about intersectionalism, and all this other kind of stuff that just doesn't work right. Um, Hey, I also have new recording software. So hopefully it sounds better. If you do you do think it sounds better, let me know. You can find me at Saint Theosaurus Rex. That's at S T Theosaurus Rex. You can look me up on YouTube. I'm gonna copy a version of this over uh to YouTube probably soon. Um, with some verses and stuff like that that so you can kinda see it and whatnot. Um, But yeah, just keep me posted. Um, If you have a specific topic or question or something like that, you have definitely reach out to me. I'll do my best to try to answer it. I'll probably use it for podcast idea. I do have a couple other things. I so I say that things have gotten worse, and and part of the things is I remember one time like I was laying in bed and I was awoken by something terrible happening, and I thought to myself, this must be what it's like in hell. I wasn't being sarcastic. It was a literal, hmm, this is probably really what it's like, and this is very unpleasant, and I do not appreciate uh, what's going on. And um, so it's just, it's a... It's been a booger. But kind of true to form to the verses that we talked about, it's been well, I talked about, and y'all listen too, if you're still listening, I know we gotta shut down soon, but, um, it's, it's been very interesting, and I have learned a lot, and God has used a lot of the stuff we're going through, and other people, and so I'm kind of seeing some at like the end of the tunnel, but then it's just some things where it's like, it just, it keeps going and going, in fact, <laughs> one of my co-workers at, uh, the job that I have, they were like, well, actually two of them were set standing there, anyway, whatever, and they're like, How are you always in such a good mood? And without a second thought, I just said, because my life is completely terrible, and I realized that no matter what happens, my life has been worse at times, so it's not really all that bad. And they were just like, that is so sad, and I was like, you know what, it really is, and now I'm going to be depressed all day. So, anyway... God's awesome. Check out all that kind of stuff. And uh, we'll go from there. Cool. I'll talk to you guys and see y'all on the flippity flop. I don't really know how. I, I don't remember how I end these things. How do I end? It's been so long. I haven't done a podcast all year. I don't think I'm going to do that. I I'm waving to you. You can't see it. But have a wonderful day if you whatever if you're at work or whenever you're listening to this if not have a wonderful evening and i will catch you on the flippity flop that sounds terrible